millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we didn't find Andy in the best of moods after England lost to Ireland. And then, of course, we were joined by former Ireland cricketer. So Andy was... Trying his best to be civil and just about making it. I will let you Not be the really. judges of that. The listeners liked it, though. They love to see me suffer. They do, yeah, don't we all? Um, <laughs> also, uh, we were joined by Ben Littleton, the author of uh, the definitive work on penalties. There was a few penalty stories to run past him, one of them Manchester City-related. We mm. had a bit of a chat, didn't we? We did. I think that should do you. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, so, a bit of sweet for you. The two things that wind you up but, and, and make you happy are <laughs> Chelsea winning and England's cricket is winning. So, yeah. uh, 50-50. 50-50, yeah. Uh, Chelsea played very well after the first 20 minutes where they were quite ordinary and mm. got caught playing out from the back as they normally do. They suddenly started to turn it on and they look good, really yeah. good. And, uh, Both lovely Havertz, goals. Uh, honestly, he drives you mad. He was world-class last night. Yeah. This is a bloke that is... You know, you know that in about a couple of years he's going to go to Real Madrid and be the best player in the world. Yeah. He's a brilliant player, but he so rarely affects the he's game. He's getting his way. mistakes out of the way with you, I think. That's what it is. It's, it's he goes about to Real affecting Madrid. the game. You know, yeah. It's about how often do you affect him. And not everybody can be brilliant yeah. in every no, game. No, he can no, be a no peripheral figure in matches. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, absolutely. Especially if it goes wrong in the first touch and he loses confidence. He's a real confidence player. Yeah. But he was brilliant last night. Absolutely wonderful. It's interesting, Graham Potter saying, I couldn't score a goal like that. He wasn't a star. Our striker, and he had a. He would be, be mm. honest to say he didn't quite have the stellar career that the Kai Havertz has uh, had. Mm. But I just think that, that, that you get different sorts of managers. I remember, <coughs> excuse me, years and years ago that documentary with Glenn Hoddle at, yeah, um, yeah, at Swindon, <laughs> where he was tr- showing the players what he wanted them to do, and the players yeah. saying, "Well, we can't do that because we're not mm. Glenn Hoddle." <laughs> and then you've got managers that that know that you know they can bring mm. tactical nous and everything else to the table and motivation, but can't necessarily do what their players do. I agree. And uh, in the cricket, though, it's, it's uh, that is an astonishingly that was poor a, performance. Yeah, very poor oh, performance. Goodness me. But well done to Ireland. They did play very well. Mm. Uh, yeah, great. <laughs> they only play... This is a they trouble. did. Ireland, Scotland, Wales, they only play well against England. Every other oh, game, they, they just I can't be bothered. I mean, if you pick up a history book, there's a fair bit going on in the past there that maybe yeah. just gets everybody's... You know, I know, but it's sort of that thing. It's going. a bit like Villa's players. You know, why don't you play like that in every game? 
Don't just play like that against England. That's what drives me mad. I can't stand that. Okay. I can't stand it in football teams and I can't stand it in national teams. It's annoying. Well, you know, if you're good enough to play well, that well, then you should be able to play that well in every game, not just when it against I mean, England. Teams can be inspired against certain opposition. Yeah, that always happens you know, in that sport. That means they're playing below their level then in any, every other game. Well, Duckworth but, Lewis should be banned from T20. I mean, <laughs> how ridiculous is that? You've got Moen Alley and... Uh, Liam Livingston, yeah. two of the best mm. six hitters in world cricket, mm. and you lose by five runs. That's one ball in effect. Yeah, it's pathetic. It doesn't work in T Twenty. Get rid of it. Just if you can't finish the game, then it's one point each, and that's it. Forget it. We that's have seen it. some quite troubling ones, haven't we? In, it's just pointless. Yeah, he makes a mockery of it. Well, yeah, we're going to have a chat with uh, Niall O'Brien, former uh, Ireland cricketer, wicket keeper turned commentator. I'll be nice to him. Yeah, you'd be nice because they did actually. I watched most of the game on and off while we were preparing mm. for the show today, and they were good for it. They bowled well, they batted well, and um, yeah, 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 they did. Yeah. We can't argue. They won't with win it. another game in the tournament. They will. We all know that. <laughs> they won't. You know. You absolutely know they won't. They'll lose so, every other game. So bitter. No, but it's true. And uh, watching City versus Dortmund play out yeah. a draw when they both qualified was a bit like uh, the disgrace of Hihon in 1982. Yes. <laughs> it, was. it was like watching Germany and Austria. It was terrible. By the end, they were just patting it around between each other. It was poor, really, but that's the way it goes. And yeah, uh, well, you, you get yourself in the box seat like that. You know, yeah, sure. That can always happen. And um, do you see? I love it when they do this. The lovely headline explained in the Sun today, mm. where they don't think people will know what's going on. So it says this is to do with the Sergio Aguero shirt, which is uh, yeah, you know, that's quite cheap. It's fifteen twenty thousand quid. The actual well, shirt. You buy still, it then. Well, I'm, I'm I'm thinking in terms of what football iconic football shirts you have know, been going it for. That does seem relatively inexpensive. Has it still got the champagne stains on it? Aguero shirt. That he, I mean, if yeah. you're a, a a very rich city fan. Yeah, or you're a Premier, the owners will buy it. or you're the Premier League. Yeah, you know, it'd be very nice to buy that and give it to the National Football Museum so everybody can see it. It's iconic. It should be in the in yeah. the National Football Museum. I hope that's where it ends yeah. up. Well, I mean, you can buy it and own it, and then, as we've found before, yeah. put it in the in the museum. Can't that, you? that would be great. But it says twenty K uh, mm. for I. Iconic Aguero shirt. And then it says, TV commentator Martin Tyler exclaimed, Aguero, yeah, we know that. <laughs> and if you don't know that, what's the point? It's not going to mean anything, is it? Stop explaining the headlines. Yeah, Give everybody a bit of lost credit. lost cricket earlier on, in case you've just tuned, us, <laughs> tuned in. Um, anyway, uh, Greece are playing rugby league. They're going to play uh, England. And it's quite the story of uh, Greek rugby league. Is it big in Greece? Well, not bad. It's getting bigger. It was sort of driven underground. They had a row with the league, mm. and they were outlawed from playing. Police used to turn up and stop people. They'd get on the, and they'd say mm. to them, "Move!" or whatever that is in Greek. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they wouldn't let them play on the grounds. But the reason I bring this up is yeah. that, uh, and I, I was reading Gary Carter writing in the in the Sun about this today about the, the Greek. At rugby league, and uh, one of the players was uh, chatting about it. Uh, Nikos Bosmos, his name is, and uh, he also works in a in a restaurant on Rhodes, the island of Rhodes, place for the Rhodes Knights. But it struck me, if you are a Greek um, uh, rugby league fan, you go out for a nice meal in Rhodes. <laughs> How many people in Greece are rugby league? They're <laughs> all there. We have the Greek rugby league players might be pushing you. Come like. on, but anyway, come on, let's no, please, let's have no, it's not. But um, anyway, it's quite hard. I've been trying to think of something. <laughs> but um, he works in. So you go out and have a meal one night, and you're sitting there, and you look up, and there's uh, there's old Nikos Bosmos, one of your rugby league heroes, bringing <laughs> bring you his the mixed grill. <laughs> so it just led me on to thinking about. Um, 
part-time sports stars in their day jobs. It may be that you follow a non-league team or whatever. Maybe, you know, they, they, we always get this third round of the cup. You might be the fan of a team that does have a, a butcher and a baker and a plumber that play up front. One day, you know, somebody had to come round with their rods. And sure enough, it was your star striker. Mm. Um, so uh, do let us know this afternoon, part-time sports stars in their day jobs and how you encountered them and uh, the story behind it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Annie Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Well, yes, as I'm sure you're aware by now, England lost in the T20 World Cup earlier on today on Duckworth Lewis to Ireland. Uh, they didn't really deserve the victory. We'll never know if the rain hadn't started. Oh, they would have won. Well, I, England would have won. You did sense that Mamoin yeah. and Livingston would have got going, but we probably thought yeah. that about some of the other batsmen. Mm, no. Well, there you go. Uh, joining us now... Um, to talk about how uh, Irish cricket is uh, still developing uh, with some new players in the team is the former Ireland cricketer, uh, Niall O'Brien. Niall, good afternoon. Afternoon, gents. How are we? Not so bad. Where does this rank then as, as uh, great victories for Ireland in uh, in cricketing terms? Oh, tough one, really. Top, top five, I'd say. T20 cricket, there's always, I suppose, the, the margin between the sides is always slightly slimmer. So, you know, when you think about 50 over wins over England or Pakistan and bygone eras probably still rank above this, but this is a significant win really because this team of the Irish team, a lot of young players, 21, 22, 23 year old kids really who are learning on the fly. Um, haven't got the opportunity to play county cricket now as a local like myself and Ed Joyce, etc. had in previous years. We could play as local players. So county cricket was our, our schooling, our finishing school for want of a better expression, but these guys are learning on the job a little bit, so it makes it very, very special, very sweet. Good win for Ireland, but you have to say it's a disgraceful performance from England. It really is. I mean, you look at the number of how much England players get, how many players play in the IPL. They really, really shouldn't be losing to Ireland, however good Ireland are. Oh, I wouldn't say they shouldn't be losing to Ireland. You know, it's definitely it's definitely an upset. Um, they didn't play well. You know, I think Mark Wood was interviewed at the mid his break after taking three wickets and he said, we haven't bowled well there. We haven't fielded well. We didn't bring the right intensity. You know, there's 98,000, 100,000 seater stadiums, only about 4,000 people. He seemed to kind of allude that they, they struggled to get up for the contest. And that was quite evident actually how they bowled and how they fielded. So uh, for Ireland to capitalize on that, I think it's a, a kudos to Ireland. I think Ireland out bowled England. Um, you know, they learned from where England went wrong. England got a lot of pace. They bowled short. That was, that was handy for the Ireland batters. Ireland pitched the ball up, more medium pace bowlers, apart from Josh Little, who's got a bit of pace. And uh, just basics, really. They did the basics better. And, um, you know, they thoroughly deserved the win. Still saying that, I reckon if the game went another couple of overs, I think Marwan and Liam Livingston might have got England out of jail there. But, uh, you know, a bit of rain. Never, we never, we never shy a bit of rain in Ireland. So I'm glad we took a bit to Melbourne. <laughs> and normally yeah. you're, you're quite keen to play on in the rain in Ireland, but uh, Balburnie seemed quite desperate to get off. Wonder why. Sprinting, sprinting off the pitch. He was. <laughs> helping, he was helping the groundsman with the covers, I think. I think he was. It was very selfless of him to get off that quickly. I don't, yeah, I don't think the, uh, the the England boys were quite as keen to get off that quickly. But, I mean, it was interesting. Uh, we, we spoke to Steve Harmison uh, yesterday on the show and it had been addressed this by Josh Butler about putting out a very strong side not looking to Friday. But it's interesting you say what you say because it's hard to think that, you know, they couldn't get up for this game as much because they were, they were concentrating Australia Friday and they just thought they'd see Ireland off. And that's often in sport uh, how, you get, uh, how you get found out, isn't it? Yeah, potentially. You know, they played, they played in Perth and you guys have probably been to Australia. It's a, it's a hell of a long way from Perth to Melbourne. You know, it's like travelling across Europe, really. So they, they probably touched down, had a, had a bit of a hit out and 
maybe they took their eye off the ball. You know, we'll never know. Australia coming up on Friday, it's hard. It would have been hard for them not to be looking at Australia because they know if they beat Ireland and beat Australia, maybe Australia might have been knocked out of the comp because they lost New Zealand. So they, they, they may well have taken Ireland for granted. But Matthew Mott is a new coach um, and he hasn't had the best of starts. Yeah, it's going well, isn't it? Yeah, well, he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't had the best of starts, Motty. Uh, he's a good coach and he coached, he was Ireland's batting coach when I played at the World Cup in 2015 down in Australia, New Zealand. He's a good coach, but um, I'd be surprised if they were taking Ireland lightly knowing that Motty knows what the Irish team are about. But I just think today Ireland just played so well, you know, for 80% of that game, barring some lapses in the field, um, they were exceptional. Yeah. So for Ireland now, the big thing is they've got to get up again now because they've got Afghanistan in two days' time, which is a game now everyone will be thinking, well, Ireland should be Afghanistan. So uh, it's it's a pressure cooker scenario for all sides, but it definitely opens the group up nicely. After yes. the Lord Mayor's show, as Did, they don't say. Don't you think, though, that Duckworth-Lewis, shouldn't, they shouldn't bother in 2020? It never works. It's always unfair. It never works. You just think, all right, if it's rained off, give them one point each. I just think it, <laughs> it works so much better on the longer game. It just doesn't work. To be fair, he did say that before today's game. Actually, I've been saying had, that for a long actually, time. We had, to, we had a row with Duckworth. Andy had a row with Duckworth yeah. and Lewis about it, and they weren't having it either. But, I mean, it doesn't work as well, does it? Well, <laughs> Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, I love Duckworth Lewis today. Absolutely yeah. love him. Today's different. <laughs> yeah, your two different. best players, Tony O. Duckworth and Brendan O'Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Well, you know, you know Neil Hannon from the Divine Comedy, obviously. Yeah. He, uh, he, his second band is called Duckworth Even Lewis. Thomas, is, yeah, that's right. We, they're, they're, uh, they're, uh, Neil's a, he's a huge, huge cricket fan. He mm. often goes to Stormont to watch the games that Ireland play. But, you know, you think of South Africa a couple of days ago, they played against Zimbabwe in a, uh, I think it was a seven or a nine over game, and they needed to be. I don't know, say 55 or five overs to win the game. Well, they're on 55 off 3.2 overs when the rain came. So they had enough runs, but because the game didn't consist of five overs, it was it was deemed null and void one point each. But they'd already got the runs that they needed with eight balls or 10 balls in the bank, but still it was given one point each. So uh, yeah, T20, there probably is a little bit of, a little bit of work to be done on that. But for today, for the Irish boys in, in every single pub in Dublin, Cork, Kerry, uh, Belfast and all of Melbourne, they don't care. And finally, just the, the growth of the game. Andy and I were over, we're doing a show with Paddy Power over in Dublin from uh, Temple Bar before one of the big rugby internationals. And we invited along the people from the Irish Cricket Association come along and have a chat. This must have been about, what, 2006, 2007? Yeah, a long time ago, yeah. And, it, and they were talking about the growth of the game, how they wanted to grow it. And it has been amazing to watch in recent years just how much the game is growing there. And the fact that, you know, you can generate these young players to keep coming through and, and, and keep sort of renewing Irish cricket like that. Yeah, I, I noticed you never invited me to that uh, social, oh. social event. <laughs> we didn't book the guests. <laughs> okay, we just, we just shouted, sat out. in the corner of the, uh, in the pub. In the so in the the noisy. Trying to, yeah, trying to get heard. <laughs> no, listen, what, what, what these wins, you know, when we beat Pakistan in 2007, Paul Sterling and George Dockle were in school. They were given the afternoon off to, by the teachers to go and watch the game uh, on the TV in, in the kind of common room. You know, a win like that kind of invigorated their interest. 2011, when my brother got that century, there was there was kids like Josh Little, who's played today, Gareth Delaney, Harry Tector. They were 10, 11 years of age. So you bet your bottom dollar they would have been sitting, watching, listening to that game in 2011, thinking, believing they could be the next Kevin O'Brien and playing a World Cup. So today's game, you know, it's all about, you know, we're just thinking here and now it's great. What a win, two points. Actually, all over Ireland, there are thousands of kids who are, you know, between the age of probably five and 10 and 11 who are watching that going, I want to be the next 
Andy Barberni, the next Josh Little, et cetera, et cetera. So it's huge. The game is growing. It's going in the right direction. It's difficult in Ireland. You've been here many times. You've got a lot of competition for sport, Gaelic, hurling, rugby, football. Um, so there is a lot of competition. And the, the weather is, isn't is that uh, conducive to playing for five or six months solid. But when we do play, we've got a very, very devoted kind of cricket fraternity. Good stuff. Good to talk to you, Niall. Thanks very much. Pleasure. Have a great day. There we are. There's Niall O'Brien yeah, great. Here. Um, <laughs> reflecting on Ireland's win now I did say to you I want you to play nice and well, within yeah within the bounds of you as a human being that was as nice as you can get <laughs> I, the whole time I'm thinking I can't wait for them to lose the next game <laughs> I'll be a, so happy come on a, Afghanistan such a, such a terrible terrible bloke the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast we've been inundated with Italian cricketers and okay. as you can imagine Graham mm. Gucci was uh, Peter in Manchester who kicked us off of course um Kevin Peaserson, says uh, someone. Um, what else we got here? The Leaning Gower of Pisa. Do you like that one, Andy? That's from uh, John McCabe. Yeah. It's not bad, is it? Basil Dolly of Euler. <laughs> <Sorry>. Ants the <laughs> Gardener in Godham. you like that? That is good. Ravioli Bopara. Um, we've had a, a variation of that. That's quite good. Ravi Boprada, says um, <laughs> Mark in Nottingham. Oh, blimey. Yeah, what about Ian Bellissimo? Um, yeah, <laughs> that reminds that. me. Like, I was watching Pointless last Pete night. Pete Kavanagh, yeah. And one of the blokes had to. Uh, I sent this to Ali Ross, but I don't think he's going to use it. One of the blokes had to answer which famous cricketer, I don't know, did something in Headling 90. I can't remember the exact question, but they, they give you the initials IB. Yeah. And the bloke went, Ian Barstow. That <laughs> which was is, close. Yeah, I know. Which isn't Ian, which isn't <laughs> Ian Botham he's probably or been, Ian Bairstow. It's probably it's been neither. It's probably been called, <laughs> it's probably been called worse. Yeah. What a great answer. Brilliant. Well done, mate. I always enjoy it um, when uh, he often gets it wrong when uh, Nigel Botherway has to talk about the Barston Masters. It's always, I'm always listening intently with my pen, thinking that's going to be a clip of the week we're going to have to bleep. Do you mean you listen to Nigel just. No, not at all. I listen, I listen to it for all the top fishing tips. But next week at the Barston Mark, go on, say it, Nigel. Um, anyway, Lancia Klusner says John. Go on, then, if you must. These are good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, Andy's big old pickup. He used to carry his cricket gear around in it. He's kind of big cricket. <laughs> cricket coffee. Well, it's good because I get about five or six <clears throat> of the players. It yeah. was when we were playing a lot of league cricket and travelling quite a bit. So, get all the bags in the back, get all the team mm. in there. It was great. But the thing is, I couldn't park the thing. I just kept <laughs> smashing it to smithereens. Andy is no match for Stappen, as we discovered. <laughs> is he and good I, at parking? I, I remember seeing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, imagine he is. Imagine he's good he's at parking. He's going to be all right at F1. You don't have to worry about like, parking. He's great going forwards, but I ask him to park. He's terrible. I, I, go, I drive straight through Park Fairmay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I remember seeing the back of Andy's pickup truck that he had, and it had loads of dents in the back of it, in the bumper. Mm. And I said, surely you've got a reverse sensor on that? He said, oh, yeah, I have. Well, <laughs> when it goes beep, that's when you stop, no, Andy. I went beep, if I'm... bang, is when yeah, I... Yeah, that's what you The worst one was that, I never forget, I got it all fixed up. It looked lovely and everything. I took it out straight. That day, I just backed straight into a lamppost for a great <laughs> dent in it again. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I wish you'd had a camera. I know. So, um, Man City missed, well, Brad Myers missed another penalty for Manchester City last night against uh, yes. Borussia Dortmund. And it's their Achilles heel. It's their 25th penalty that they've uh, missed under 80. Pep. Yeah. But I've got this theory that, you know, that I've, I said to you years ago, Pep doesn't look at penalty. He looks away. He's like he's superstitious. Yeah. And it's probably the one thing he can't control. You know, he's got a real control a freak about the way they very, play their football. Very good point. Let's see uh, if the author of uh, the definitive work on penalties, uh, 12 Yards, the Art and Psychology of the Perfect Penalty, Ben Littleton, see what he makes of that. Good afternoon, Ben. Hello, Paul. Hi, Andy. Andy's other theory is that, you know, what confidence would players have if even the manager can't look while they take them? It doesn't <laughs> doesn't smack of having great confidence in your players. It definitely doesn't bode well, but it is an ongoing issue for um, Pep Guardiola's sides. I mean, if you look at um, City's penalty record under Guardiola in recent seasons, last season they scored 11 out of 14, not terrible, 78%, which is an average rate of conversion. But before that, it was 7 out of 11, 64%. And then before that, 10 out of 16, 63%. And missed penalties have really hurt Guardiola teams in the past in crucial Champions League games. I'm thinking of uh, the Champions League semi-final in 2012 when he was coach at Barcelona and Lionel Messi hit the crossbar against Chelsea. Uh, Barcelona lost that one. In uh, the semi-final of the Champions League in 2016, Thomas Muller for Bayern missed a penalty against Atletico Madrid. Bayern lost that one. And, of course, in 2019, when Sergio Aguero missed against Spurs in a penalty early in the first leg of that quarterfinal. So missing penalties in open play is a problem for, for Guardiola's sides. I think last night's penalty miss will not come back to haunt them because they're already through. But if it happens in a knockout game, it, is, it could be extremely uh, damaging. Pep should manage the Corinthian casuals. And when they get a penalty, they just don't accept it. That'd be marvellous, then, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. That would be better. And there are theories as to why, why this is. Because there's such a, um, a details-obsessed coach uh, like Guardiola. It is really strange that it feels like it's a blind spot that he just doesn't focus the players on or, or, or care about quite as much. And my theory on this is um, to do with the influence of Johan Cruyff. Because it's, it's, it's clear that um, Guardiola is a disciple of Cruyff's methodology and, and his training and philosophy. And Cruyff famously believed that penalties were not a trainable skill, which 
mm. uh, you know, as it happened in turn, led to decades of penalty trauma for the for the Dutch national team. But Cruyff was not a penalty expert. In fact, he hated penalties. He said they really weren't part of real football. And the reason why he hated them, uh, some people think anyway, was because he didn't have a very strong shot in the first place. He was all about angles and curling the ball um, and creating space. So the penalty is not really about that. It just goes counter to his, um, his concept of total football, movement, passing, space. You know, it's the, it's the absolute opposite of that. It's a stationary ball, just kicker against goalie, which is why I love it. But obviously, uh, not everyone does. And so, if Guardiola is a product of that environment and is has been taught by by Christ that the penalty is not a trainable skill and is not a real part of football, maybe that filters down to the group. But the weird thing is, when it comes to penalty shootouts. Guardiola has actually got a really good record. Wow. He's won five out of five shootouts with City, and I think he's won four out of five with Bayern Munich. So uh, at Barcelona, they didn't even need to get to fantasy shootouts. They won everything so easily. But his, his record at shootouts is actually much better than from open play. Wow. I mean, there's one very, very simple way of solving this. Just go and buy Ivan Tony, don't you? Well, that Haaland, <laughs> Haaland or Haaland yeah, okay. will help, won't he? Yeah, he wasn't on the pitch, was he? At no, that no. Point? I mean, his penalties look pretty effective then, weren't he? Yeah, the other that, day that's was true. Emphatic. Uh, player taken off of penalties. That's the, the art of that. Jared Bowen has been after missing against Liverpool. I don't know if he's joking. He said... Uh, uh, no chance of me taking the penalty against Bournemouth. I'm off them after my miss last week. Yeah, that moment when you're relegating, saying you're not taking it, can't be an easy conversation with a manager. Because even Pep said, Mara's, I, I, I admire his bravery. He wanted to step up and take it. But uh, when the gaffer has to say no, no more, son. Yeah, I know. And Bowen has actually scored two out of two already this season, mm. quite and quite recently for West Ham. He scored against Fulham in their win, and he scored in the, in the Conference League against South Bucharest. So um, I think part of the reason he was taken off is because it was a really important penalty based on the game state, right? Yeah. West Ham were only 1-0 down. Um, that would have really brought them back into that match. And so I think when you, when you miss a penalty in those circumstances, or at least when it's saved, you know, it, it, it's sort of really punishing. So it's pretty, pretty tough for him because mm. his record was good. But I always approve of managers taking decisive action and choosing themselves who should take the penalty takers who, who the penalty takers should be so yeah. if that's what Moyes decided then good for him just very quickly because we are running out of time but a great bit of penalty triv uh, Fisher, uh, Fisher FC uh, sent this out earlier on in the 88th minute of our FA Vars first round tie against uh, AFC Stoneham an opposition player was Simbin for dissent with the tie level at full time the referee mistakenly did not allow the player to take part in the penalty shootout which we won 5-3 AFC Stoneham have lodged a protest against the result based on these events and the FA have, have instructed us to replay the tie so <laughs> so if you go into the sim bin, uh, which I take it is 10 minutes at this level, they're trying out, uh, and the game ends before that, you, you know, you can be part of the penalties. That's a real you are the ref, isn't it? Wow, I had no idea about that. That's adding a whole new layer of complication to it. I do remember <laughs> Leah Williamson having to wait two days to retake a penalty for England under-19s against Norway a couple of years ago, and there was quite a lot of pressure on that. So I wonder if a, a replayed game uh, down the line because of a penalty issue is uh, going to be interesting. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. 
Uh, myself and Charlie will do it all again tomorrow. We'll have a birthday spread for you as well. And you're back on Friday. I am. You're having a tooth out tomorrow. I know. That's not a lot of yeah, fun. Thanks. Well, we'll be thinking of you. <laughs> so um, do join us tomorrow if you can from one. If not, the podcast will be available at around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.